who is the MVP of the Vikings? Are they using Harrison Smith correctly? Are they fluky or what's with all the weird stuff? Let's answer all that and more on this Twitter Tuesday episode of the Locked On Vikings podcast. You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Locked On Vikings podcast. Thank you so much for making Locked On Vikings your first listen of the day. I am your host, your pal, and the kitty copied off in math class. My name is Luke Braun. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL, and the show is on Twitter at Locked On Vikings. This show is available for free on all platforms, including YouTube. So if you're interested in the visual components, sometimes I draw plays and stuff, uh, go come check that out. But today is Twitter Tuesday. It's a mailbag episode. If you want to get in on Twitter Tuesday, if you want to uh, ask any questions, have me answer them on the show, you can always send me a question on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL or at Locked On Vikings. You can send an email to Locked On Vikings Podcast at gmail.com. Or if you prefer, there's a Google form in the in the show notes that you can check out as well. First one today comes from Agent Yogi, who says, "Who is your pre-buy week MVP on the team?" And I know it's lame, but I got to just say the quarterback, right? Like maybe I'll I'll say somebody else just because it's lame to pick the quarterback. But here's the deal: the Vikings have three wins this year, that and two of them came down to final drives. If Kirk Cousins fails at the end of the game with 37 seconds and two timeouts against Detroit, and if he fails in overtime and you know the Panthers go back down and score, or if he throws a pick six in overtime against the Panthers or something like that, right? If he plays worse in those moments, we probably are tearing apart the season. And Cousins played very well in those clutch moments. It's really hard to justify anybody but Kirk Cousins as the, the Vikings MVP. I, I've seen a couple articles positing that he should be the league MVP in, or in that uh, race right now. I'm not there yet. We need to see a little bit more, uh, but people are talking about it. That's kind of crazy. If I were to pick a non QB one to be less lame, I think it might be like uh, Griffin or Hunter. Um, just kind of getting that, that pressure is really helped in the secondary and stuff like that. You could probably make a case for like Justin Jefferson as well. Uh, Easy Cheese Wizard says, do you think KJ has the skill set to step into Thielen's shoes as wide receiver two once Thielen inevitably retires? This is a really hard one to answer because I don't know how good KJ Osborne is long term. I've seen six games of him. They've been six very good games. Everything about those six games really kind of says that he will continue to be a quality option for us. But I don't know. It hasn't been long enough to know where that tops out. Does that top out at, you know, wide receiver three? Is he going to be Jarius Wright? You know, and that's great. That'd be awesome if he was that. Or does he, you know, become more? It's certainly possible. He has been very good at tracking the ball. He's been very good at catching everything. He's been good in contested catch situations. He's been running good routes, getting separation at a good clip. There's not a lot to dislike about that. And that usually projects well. So it's possible, but I, I just I can't answer it this far ahead of time for for sure but i mean it's the an outcome that hasn't been eliminated yet so that's pretty good uh daniel hagan gave me three options and said which one would you rather have a a fully healthy irv smith b daniel carlson at kicker or c trade for uh xavian howard giving up reasonable draft pick compensation if it were possible to trade xavian howard 
that one is tempting. Now, there's contract reasons that the Vikings probably can't be involved in that, and they've already kind of insinuated that they're not going to trade for a corner just to paper over like a month of Patrick Peterson. Um, so that's probably not happening. But I, mean, I don't know. Anything can happen, right? Dino Carlson at kicker. I, I don't care nearly enough about that. Uh, fully healthy Irv Smith would make me really, really, really happy. So A and C really, really love both options, honestly. Um, I'll probably take Irv Smith because we already have him and we don't have to pay for him. Um, but if you could make the Xavier Howard thing do, I, I, I'd be doing backflips. Uh, but I guess I'll go with A. Kurt says, how different do you think this offense would look if Irv Smith didn't get injured? Reports out of camp had him sounding like a star. Is there a difference in possible production from the tight end position uh, as opposed to what KJ brings as wide receiver three? So this is a really interesting thing um, because I think the role that KJ Osborne has occupied has largely been similar to the role Irv Smith would have. Now, forget wide receiver tight end. And this is kind of what I was trying to say with, you know, the whole 12 personnel thing the Vikings were doing when it was the offseason when we didn't know that Irv Smith was going to get out for the year um, is that he lines up in the slot. He lines up out wide. Like he is not an inline blocking Kyle Rudolph milk toast tight end. Um, he has a lot of applications in the passing game passes to him, had plenty of depth. I mean, he wasn't just running, you know, little four yard hitches. And then that was your offense with him. He was a real weapon. And so is KJ Osborne. So, uh, the difference in usage, I mean, KJ Osborne lines up outside way more and, and, uh, Irv Smith is attacking more over the middle of the field, but he would attack, you know, deep safeties over the middle of the field. He'd be attacking seams and stuff like that. And being able to put on two tight ends in, in Irvin Conklin and then have them both run and attack the seams, both run vertical routes, you can do stuff like run four verts against a stacked box. And that's pretty intense. And you can line up in those and you can run against... Uh, you know, softer boxes as well, because you actually do have to respect some deep threats. And of course, running with two tight ends is just going to be better than running out of 11 personnel, right? You've just got more good blockers. So that is, I, I think like overall architecture, I think the, the loss of Irv Smith might really be contributing a lot to the kind of move away from play action and, um, you know, the shorter drops and stuff like that. They're playing more spread stuff because they have more spread-esque personnel. Um, but I, I think in terms of the actual, like, production and stuff, if you asked me back in, like, May, when I didn't know if K.J. Osborne was good and I also didn't know that Irv Smith was going to be gone, you, I probably would have guessed something similar to, like, what happened numbers-wise, but obviously, you know, way, way, way different paths to that. Um, I, I've got a lot more questions to answer. I got a couple of really interesting ones that I'm really excited to answer. You guys had some fun ideas in this one, this bi-week mailbag here. Before we get into all of that, look, things are open and back up in the world. And that means we're doing a little bit of driving and that means we're using a bunch of gas and gas prices are off the hook and that sucks. Let's get a little bit of money taken off of there. So if you go to the app store or Google play or whatever, get the get upside app. It's a free app, download it. And when you fill up at the pump, you can save up to 25 cents a gallon per fill up. That's a quarter off per gallon per fill up just for using the get upside app you can cash that money out whenever too it's just a cashback rebate you can get whatever amazon gift cards just direct deposit in your bank account google gift card like whatever you can get that payout instantly no hooks no strings attached nothing like that you're just using the get upside app to save money at the pump and if you use promo code touchdown when you sign up your first fill up is 50 cents per gallon off so you're doubling that you add all this up over like a month of driving it's like two three hundred bucks in savings it's like real money so go to the app store google play whatever your phone uses get the get upside app for free and start saving money at the pump by using promo code touchdown 
So if you watch the Locked On NBA shows or listen to the, any of those shows, if you're like a Timberwolves fan or whatever, you might know that they did this really cool thing at the NBA trade deadline last year. Uh, and we are doing it too. Trade deadline is on November 2nd. So on Tuesday, November 2nd, tune into the Locked On NFL YouTube channel. You can also find me on there every Tuesday. And there will be live analysis. They'll be breaking down moves and everything like that at the trade deadline. Anything that happens at the NFL trade de- deadline, you will not get quicker reactions than that. We're doing a whole live trade deadline thing. So go check that out. Moving on with the mailbag. The next one comes from Gabrielle Greco, who says, if considering your your real skills, you could take any job in the entire Vikings organization to restart your career, what would it be? And he went on to clarify this should also reflect that uh, the fact that you'd probably be fired from most jobs after a little time due to lack of experience. So think it over. This was so interesting to think about because obviously you could be like, and he kind of said, you know, don't just take the GM job. You would be a terrible GM. You don't know anything. You'd get fired immediately. And that's true, right? Like, I can't just waltz right in and, like, go be a top-level guy in an NFL team. So the job that I could probably do, um, so my day trade, I guess, is edit video editing. Um, and I'm real quick at cut-ups. I've, I've paid my dues as an assistant editor. And a lot of the the stuff you have to do as an assistant editor is tediously going through gigantic hunks of footage, you know, hours and hours and hours of footage, cutting it up, sorting it, organizing it, Right. A lot of that is QC coach work um, or, you know, coaching assistant work and stuff like that. So I could probably excel at a coaching assistant job because I know more or less what I'm looking at. Right. When they say, hey, you know, cut up all the third downs where they ran bootlegs or, you know, like I know what that means or where they ran, you know, option routes. Like I know what that means. Um, And so I could probably find all that stuff. And I'm real fast at the actual cutting and organizing and sorting part um, and could probably present packages and cut-ups and stuff in a very timely manner, probably could do more cut-ups than just like a coach who knows what they're looking at, but has to suffer through a editing software that they may not be as familiar with or as fast with. Uh, fastest fingers in the West, baby. Put me in. Uh, Shoot That S says, with the trade of Stephen Weatherly, how optimistic should we be that there might be an actual role for Patrick Jones? Mike Zimmer mentioned Jones could be active, but also mentioned maybe, quote, elevating someone. And now I'm excited that could finally be Kenny Willekes' season. Uh, maybe I, I, I did notice that he said maybe they would elevate someone, uh, that, that sure was intriguing. Um, so maybe that's Willikis, maybe that's somebody else. Um, you know, maybe that's some allusion to elevating somebody else for special teams or whatever. Um, I think it would be Jones just going off of like what I saw in preseason. I would put Jones in before I put in Willikis. And I sort of talked about this before, with um when I talked about the Weatherly trade yesterday where like Willikis played a lot of defensive tackle and that's not really what the Weatherly trade creates a need for right except for like the stand up rushing third down and that's not what Willikis did he was three point stance like truly played D tackle um but it did kind of sound like Zimmer was talking about him so I between last show and this show I heard that quote and I'm a little bit more uh willing to believe that it would be Willikis like that makes a little more sense because it kind of did sound like Zimmer was talking to him. So maybe, um, but I hope Patrick Jones can get a little bit of run. It's um, yeah, it's going to be week eight. It's time to get the rookies in. Uh, Jeff Douglas says coverage scheme has dictated Harrison Smith spends most of his time as a deep safety this year. How much have we missed his impact near the line of scrimmage as a run defender and blitzer? He has also seemed to miss more tackles operating from a deep safety spot. So I, I hadn't really gotten this impression. Um, so I looked it up and I don't think this is happening. 
So Harrison Smith usually plays about half of his snaps at free safety, and this year is no different. He's playing about half of his snaps. This is according to PFF's charting, where they will chart if he lined up at deep safety or at a cornerback spot or like in the box or whatever. On, on he lines up at quote unquote D line sometimes, but that's you know when he's like simming pressure, um, and those proportions all look pretty normal. So I don't think he's doing that uh, as much. Sometimes they will play a too high shell and he will still sim pressure, but that's like getting value out of him. Um, and, you know, it'll just like back up, back off at the very uh, end of the uh, of the snap count. So I don't think that's really happening. Also, PFF has only logged him with one missed tackle. I feel like I remember more, but I'm not going to like go comprehensively, comprehensively look through all of it. So I don't know, maybe that's uh, overselling him, but it doesn't. I, I don't think this is happening, though it could happen because without Patrick Peterson, that does mean they might have to go do a little bit more too high, a little bit more, uh, you know, cover two, cover four and stuff, getting Harrison Smith deep. But I mean, using him on defending deep passes is a pretty good use of him. Those tend to be valuable and helping to defend those, you know, that. That is a good use for him, although, you know, we always love seeing him get flashy sacks and stuff and stuff. Um, but I don't I, this could happen. And yes, it would be a concern. It would be a bad thing if they feel they need to do that to protect corners. But they haven't done it yet, even though it might feel that way. Um, it, it's just it's just not how it's happening. Chris asks, are the Mike Zimmer Vikings the new Andy Dalton line? Um, the Vikings have been a litmus test team kind of since Kirk Cousins got. Kirk has always been the litmus test quarterback. And a lot of that is because for reasons I've gone over in the past, I even wrote an article. I'll link it in the show notes if I remember to. Um, that Kirk Cousins is like bad against good teams and good against bad teams. It's always kind of been the deal, right? Um, and like, especially so, of course, everybody's better against bad teams than they are against good teams, but the difference for Kirk Cousins has always been wider. Um, and the reasons for that have a lot to do with just his approach to the game and stuff. And it maybe not even that necessarily a bad thing, right? You, you always beat the lions, that kind of thing, except I guess they almost didn't, but whatever. Um, but it kind of makes them a litmus test, right? Like if you can beat Kirk Cousins and the Vikings, then you're a good team. And if you can't beat Kirk Cousins and the Vikings, sorry, guys, you're a bad team because they're the litmus test team. So they've, they've kind of always been that way. That's not new. Uh, Connor M says, how different is the perception of Kirk if he was on a rookie deal? Yeah, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> I, perception of players is absolutely, absolutely, absolutely uh, changed by the contract a person gets. Just watch how the second Brian O'Neill has some real bad, and I think he's had some bad games, but PFF hasn't agreed. So people haven't really like jumped on it. But the second P Brian O'Neill has a bad game, people are going to pounce on him in a way that they never did. It's it always, always happens because people want more out of somebody that they're paying a lot for. And when you're not paying a lot for somebody on a rookie contract, you don't have as big expectations. It's not really the way it should be. I try not to, uh, like fall victim to that bias. If you want to have the value conversation, we can have the value conversation, but when I'm just trying to figure out how good a guy is first, which you have to do before you have the value conversation. Um, I'm not trying, I'm trying not to let like, I'll, I'll factor in contract when I actually know how good the guy is just like blankly. Got a whole ton of more questions coming in, so stay tuned. But first, let me talk to you about Grambling. Bet Online has all sorts of cool tools. They have revamped everything, and it is so much fun to live bet. I love just like kind of feeling out the flow of a game, just finding you know whenever things look bleakest for a for a heavy favorite, and their line has fallen all the way down to minus you know two instead of minus twelve where it started, and then hitting that bet, and then you can make some. I have had so much fun, tons of fun putting in you know weird parlays and stuff like that. Or you can just bet spreads, odds. You can bet on the base 
baseball playoffs. You can bet on the basketball season coming up. You can bet on MMA, like UFC and stuff, your favorite Vegas casino games, everything at betonline.ag. If you sign up now, that's free to do. And then when you enter your first deposit, you can enter promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, all one word, and you get a 50% welcome bonus. That means whatever you put in for your first deposit, half of that gets matched by BetOnline and just hooked right into your account. Free grambling money just for using the promo code LOCKEDON, all one word, at BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. I also want to talk to you about your car. One of the biggest things about being a grown-up is you have to take care of it now, and that means getting your oil changed, getting, you know, small problems fixed before they turn into big problems, but those small problems can still be fairly expensive, so let me help you out. Go to rockauto.com. If you have a uh, maintenance or repair that needs to be done, go to rockauto.com, get the part you need. Sometimes that stuff just clips right on. You don't even need to take it to a mechanic, but if you do, now you're just paying for the labor and not necessarily the parts. And yeah, they're going to upcharge you if you ask them to get the parts for you, too. And same with a brick-and-mortar auto shop. you got to go to the counter and ask if they have this. It'll ship to you in two weeks. Screw that. Just go to rockauto.com, enter your make, your year, and your model, so then you don't have to worry about getting something that's incompatible with your car. They're doing all that research for you, and it gets shipped directly to your door. And because you're buying straight from the manufacturer via Rock Auto, you stand to save a buck as well. They've been doing this for 20 years they're a family-run company. They're looking out for you. So head on over to rockauto.com. And at checkout, there is a How You Heard About Us section. In it, let them know that Locked On sent you. Because if you don't, the rabbits will never be able to follow their dreams of going to nursing school. <laughs> Rock Auto amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. All right, you rapscallions. Let's get on with this mailbag. Steezo asks... What has Connolly produced on special teams to, in order to warrant a spot on the 53 as well as 48 active on game day? Would that spot be better used by a defensive back, for example? So Connolly is on all four punt and kick teams. He's on return and coverage for both kickoffs and punts. So that is really, really helpful because, you know, you need 11 players that return kicks or that that are on the return teams and on the kick teams. Um, and even though he hasn't gotten any tackles, he's in his lane and he's disciplined about that and he's where he's supposed to be. Um, I mean, the, his job on uh, uh, the punt return unit is to try to block the kick. Like, that'll never happen. Nobody, no DB is going to do that either. Um, so when you play all four positions like that or all four units like that, that saves a roster spot. That doesn't cost one. It saves one because now that's one guy doing the job that might have to be split between like a whole bunch of other people and that's, you know, what one special teams person kind of centrally doing that job only costing one roster spot is pretty efficient. So if you wanted to replace Ryan Connolly, you could put in a defensive back, but that defensive back would have to be better at those special teams things, you know, be more disciplined, you know, not like Connolly has not made mistakes and you know, the runs just haven't gone to him. There's been a lot of fair catches. There's been a lot of kicks, uh, kickoffs going out of the end zone and stuff. So there's not a lot of tackle opportunities. Um, but just because he's not the one getting the tackle doesn't mean he's not having impacts on that play. And if there were somebody who outplayed him on special teams but didn't get a roster spot, we probably would have talked about that at the preseason. Like, this decision has been made. Um, and they decided that he's the one that, that gets a job on all four units. He won a job in the preseason. And I don't think he's last on that depth chart, honestly. I think Chaz Surratt probably ends up being last on the depth chart and Surratt's getting less special teams run. So if you wanted somebody to keep inactive to bring in a DB, it's probably Surratt. You can't cut him because he's a third round rookie, um, but it's probably him. Nick Schultz uh, asks, uh, Nick Schultz uh, on YouTube, any YouTube comments. Thanks so much, buddy. 
uh, says, could you do an analysis of how many fluke plays go against the Vikings? Uh, for example, bobbled interceptions, batted passes that are completed. I feel like the Vikings have a lot of these sorts of instances that happen that end up impacting games in the end. Um, so I, I, I can't like chart it all. That's uh, way too much of a project for one guy, but I can tell you how I would do it. Um, I'm not going to do this for you, but I'm going to tell you how, how to analyze how lucky a team is. There are certain factors of like luck stuff, like fluky stuff that are totally unsustainable. Absolutely factors of luck that impact games. Fumble luck is a huge one. Go look at fumble luck, uh, which is just how many fumbles that your team was involved when involved in. Did you recover those like the ball is funny shaped? It bounces anywhere. It is totally luck. I mean, yeah, there's like a scramble for it. And if you're better at the scramble or whatever, maybe that's a repeatable skill. But really, the ball just bounces to the guy it bounces to. Um, in terms of tipped passes, I don't know anywhere that charts that you'd have to do it manually. Um, I definitely share the feeling with you, but I've shared that feeling since I was a child. It's just kind of always been it. So I don't know, maybe that's just my fandom bias, my Midwestern fandom bias wanting to suffer. Um, but I say if you look at fumble luck, if you look at um, dropped interception luck is also a big, big luck thing. If, you know, fewer uh, interceptable passes are being dropped, um, that is like a lucky thing. And some teams will be luckier about that than others. Um, I mean, you could look like coin toss luck and stuff like that. There are these there are certain parts of a football game that are just all luck that impact the game that you could go look at and see if the Vikings are less lucky. Um, big one is kickers always make it against the Vikings. Not a lot you can do about that except for block the kick. And I don't think they block the kick at like a particularly poor rate or anything like that. Eh, maybe they do. I don't know. Not enough to like affect the percentage such that it makes them like ridiculously unlucky about kickers making field goals uh only udon noodle stan says on a scale of one to 74 how excited are you about the speed on offense especially with the addition of wang Wu? uh 74 is a perfect udo fyi a uh, scale of one to 74 the addition of wang Wu probably moves it's yeah speed is good so it probably moves it up some i was probably i was pretty happy with the speed i put it like a 50 something and maybe it's like a 55 now uh, out of 74. So I was like pretty happy with the speed, you know, KJ Osborne, um, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen all had reasonable speed. You've got Dalvin cook speedy is all get out and Wang Wu helps. Yeah, sure. We'll put it at a 55, I guess. Uh, Jimmy says with a four game gauntlet ahead of us following a bye week, do you feel that we need to play aggressive to win these games, especially the first one or two? I ask because if you lose these games playing conservative on third and long, fourth and short, I feel like it's much worse than if you lose these games playing aggressive. Um, so it might feel worse. It's like in baseball, you know, it, it feels worse to strike out looking. Um, but it doesn't count for anymore, right? You lose the game, you lose the game. So you've got to feel it out. I think, I, I don't think being like, it's not fantasy football, and it's certainly not college. The difference between the best team in the NFL, you know, the Cardinals and the Lions, like, they'll play. Cardinals and Lions will play this year, and they'll probably be, like, double-digit underdogs, the Lions will. But it won't be, like, you know, an Alabama versus, uh, you know, Northwestern State or whatever that the the line is 38 points and, and really there's no, like, hope at all. It'll be, like, I, I don't think I've ever seen an NFL game go over a 20-point line. Um, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong there, but that's super rare. And so it's not like college. It's not like fantasy football where you're, oh my God, I'm projected to lose by 50 points. I need to take all the risky things. Risks are great. Playing aggressive is great. But I think unless you're on the super, super, super extreme ends of the spectrum, I say do what's smart, uh, in a vacuum is probably going to be smart 
regardless of your opponent. Um, the way I plan for opponents is I look at what they do, not how much they do it, but I look at what they do. What is their deal? And, you know, what are their gimmies? What are their explosive plays? What do they like to do? Who do they want to be? And then how do I counter that? That's kind of my scouting process, which we'll go through later in the week with the Cowboys. And the last one comes from Norse Code, who says, what is your favorite Jared Allen moment that no one ever brings up? This excludes things like the safety out of the end zone and the Eli one-handed sack. And then the other, the thing I was going to say that somebody brought up and then uh, James was like, no, you can't do it, do that either. Uh, was the Donald Penn fight in 2012 um, where he and Donald Penn went at each other and got really chippy and they got into a fight and it was super bitter and then he got so mad and then he got two like insta sacks. It sucks because the Vikings got blown to shreds in that game. But that was an awesome, awesome, awesome moment. But I guess I can't say that one. So I'm going to go with the Cadillac, the pink Cadillac with big old Texas like bullhorns on it. Um, and him like standing in front of it with his mullet and every feature that everybody did on that. It's not so much a moment as it is like a thing about like, uh, uh, part of his ethos, but I think it counts. I'm going with the Cadillac. I don't know. Arrest me. You, this is my show. You can't tell me how to answer your questions. <laughs> Thanks so much for making Lockdown Vikings your first listen of the day. Uh, tomorrow we are going to talk about, I don't know what we're going to talk about. Maybe we'll talk some Kirk Cousins. Maybe we'll talk about some defense. Maybe we'll start talking about the Cowboys. Uh, it's been, I've waited long enough. Maybe I'll get a head start on Cowboys stuff. So come hang out. Usually Wednesday's a big film day. So if you want some nitty gritty X's and O's stuff, come hang out for that. After you're done listening to this show, go check out the Peacock and Williamson show. That is a an NFL show with Brian Peacock and a former NFL scout, Matt Williamson, doing everything there. So go and check that out. I will see you all tomorrow. And as always, skull.